bad. Has now been around for three seasons and coaches everywhere are saving time and being more efficient when it comes to scout cards. Coach Robinson from Texas says, the thing I most enjoy is the ease of access to all the scout cards and how I can draw on them if I need to make any changes. Every coach that uses it says that it is so great to use. If you and your staff are tired of the old ways of preparing and using scout cards, check out thecoachpad.com to start enjoying scout team and making the 2023 season better than ever. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast. Um, today we have um, an assistant coach at Scott County High School, um, who at this point, well, if you've looked, has a, a clinic on our channel. Um, he is Coach Clay McKee. Coach, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, Coach Bench. Are you doing all right yourself? I'm doing good. Like I said, we had a good chat beforehand and uh, trying to reschedule this because I've been sick and then you've had some family stuff and um, it's unfortunately that time, well, yours is a whole different thing, but time of year yeah. where people get sick. I mean, yeah, uh, it is what it is. Um, but for people who, who have not like either watched your clinic or don't necessarily know much about Scott County football, if you're not in the Midwest, maybe, um, how do you end up as the um, an assistant coach, quarterbacks coach um, at Scott County High School? Well, um, you know, I'm from here. Um Born and raised, played at Scott County High School, um, played at Georgetown College. So, you know, didn't didn't go too far for college ball. And then after college ball, I kind of set off with, you know, that GA pipe dream, um, you know, that I was going to get in and I was going to be a GA. I was going to do whatever I had to do to kind of break into the Division One level. Um, and so spent three and a half years. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply years total at the division one level and you know just had some experiences that you know I went through that you know you can't change you know I wouldn't give up for anything um, even though I'm back in high school ball now chasing that dream allowed me to you know see some things from a different lens outside of this program in this community um, I worked in division three ball in 2020 you know so I, I saw that level and then I worked, you know, from Power Five to Group of Five um, in FCS. Um, so wore some different hats uh, for three and a half years there. I was a running backs coach at Center College, um, wide receivers GA, Austin P, quality control with wide receivers and quarterbacks at Eastern for two years. That's, that's where I was the longest uh, out of those three and a half. And, um, you know, man, there was just – there came a point – and I've told this story to a few people. Um, actually, the 2021 uh, opener for Scott County, we got drummed by Franklin County, who had a really good team and some good players. But, you know, I was standing there, standing down there in the end zone. Uh, you know, we were right in the middle of camp at Eastern. And I just got a little itch that night. You know, we were very lackluster offensively. Um, we, I could just tell it wasn't maybe going to be a huge year for Scott County football. And, you know, you're looking 
at that time, the schools had just been split for three years. So I felt, you know, there was at least a chance that we were going to lose it, lose it, meaning the momentum of, you know, I, I would call it a dynasty, what we have here uh, to a degree, uh, maybe not as many championships as some teams, but um, I would call it a dynasty. And, and I felt like the scales were maybe going to come close to tipping on that. Um, and I felt like I could make an impact to tip that back in our favor. So when the season was over at Eastern, you know, I really started thinking about coming back. I talked to the other coaches on the staff, you know, before I even talked to my dad about it, um, talked to my dad about it. We kind of laid out what the role would be, um, started looking into teaching jobs. And into November 2021 I, is when I came and I feel like I've had my hair on fire ever since, you know, and, and we don't plan on slowing down. No, I, I get it. And you're not wrong. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Like if you, there's a couple of names, you know, in Kentucky, and I think Scott County is one of them. Um, just like your dad's name and just kind of the brand of football you guys run down there. Um, what, I mean, I'll, I'll, there's a couple ways I'll go with this, but first, like, let's, I mean, you've brought in, in anybody can go down the clinic links in the, in the bio, and you can kind of see some of the passing concepts he's brought to add to the wing T. Um, what have you taken outside maybe that from from coaching in college for three and a half years, from playing at Georgetown and brought back uh, to help improve the offense at uh, Scott County? Oh, well, you know, more motions and formations is kind of like the, you know, the first obvious answer that you think of from a schematic standpoint. But really throughout all the ins and outs of being in college ball and the different schemes I saw, it what it really did was reinforce something to me that my dad has said around here for a long time, and that is less is more. Less can be more offensively. Um, so really what I've tried to do with our offense, and, and I've talked to you about this before, but, you know, I didn't come in trying to get us in the gun. I didn't come in, you know, trying to get us running power read and RPO and all that sort of stuff, all the new age stuff. And, you know, some people might have thought that – was maybe something that I would push for. But, you know, I, I came in and I looked at what we did, um, you know, from a self-scout breakdown standpoint. And I said, how can I add eye candy to this? You know, how can we do same some of the same things with different footwork, different motion, just different presentations um, to soften up the box or slow people down and continue to be who we are from a schematical standpoint? Now, I mean, I mean, with that, I mean, <clears throat> how do I want to this? Like, how is for, for you guys, like, obviously you are a very wing T. I mean, you are wing T. I mean, that's about the MVP. Like you, you turn it on. I mean, there are people that go to your, your school and go to you guys for wing T. Like, I mean, that's just in general. Um, yeah. and, and you're very belly oriented. We, we, I mean, you talked about that in your presentation, but I mean, just, I mean, I've talked to your dad before. Uh, he's been on this channel on earlier podcast. I mean, how for for you guys, how has the wing T evolved from the time, say, your dad started there to you playing quarterback and playing there to where it is now? Um, I think the biggest thing to me was we were playing in a JV game in 2012 at John Harden High School, um, which is, you know, they have not been as good lately, but is a 
a name that a lot of Kentucky high school football people, you know, would know. They've had some very good teams, have a very beautiful facility. But anyways, we're playing in a JV game down there. And lo and behold, we come out and they're in the dead wing tee. Same formations we're in. We're like, no shit. So they, they're running belly sweep. And we had never seen it, ever. You know, they're, they're no motion. They're riding a the fullback. Everything looks like belly, you know, for the first second, second and a half. Then they're taking that dive back. He's going, he's going to block the overhang or the edge to the defense. Um, and they're pulling it out of that ride and they're handing it to the wing. And so we're thinking, you know, we ended up winning the game or whatever by several touchdowns, but we just thought like that belly sweep play with the way we fake and the way we ride the fullback, that would be awesome. So I was actually a freshman in high school at that time um, when we discovered the belly sweep. So 2013, the year, it was the last time that we won a state championship here, um, was the first year where we really lived in the belly sweep world. And I think we took our buck series and probably cut it in half by 30 to 50% that year in 2023 and just started running that belly sweep. Um, so I think to me, that's the biggest change. And we actually didn't run any buck this past year as far as true buck sweep. We ran some buck trap, but you know, for us, the, the implementation of belly sweep has been huge. Um, we started the change in about 2013. We didn't totally abandon the buck series until the last couple of years. We've really just lived more in the belly sweep series to get outside than the buck series. Yeah. Um, so th that would be my first thought. Remind me again. I just how has it evolved? Like, I mean, how has it evolved? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, from a pass game perspective, it hasn't evolved a ton. We like to have one guy that can split outside and be Calvin Johnson. You know what Calvin Johnson was for Georgia Tech. You know, just okay. You're going to take, you know, the, the, the open side safety. He's going to be committed to the box or, you know, wh whatever you're going to do. The second we register one-on-one, -on -one, we love to be able to take advantage of that, um, no matter whether you're off of us or whether you're not off of us. So, you know, without being critical of guys that played here and, and were tough players, we didn't have a go get it, go to the house anytime, throw it up and go get it type of wide out for a couple years uh, before I got here. Um, so, you know, it's hard to really develop and grow and trust in your pass game if you don't know if the ball's going to be caught or what your percentages are, whatever. So I think a big thing for us, you know, has been at least this past season, we ended up finding a guy that could really go out there. Um, and it was the first time we'd had a guy that could really go and win one-on-ones since, oh, I don't know, man. I, the years get a little foggy for me there when I was in college. You know, I kept up with them as good as I could. But Glenn Covington uh, was a receiver for us in like 2019, I believe, was his last season. So we had a couple years there where we just are better our better players or, you know, explosive guys were our running backs. So, you know, we just want to continue to develop that position, you know, which I take responsibility for. I'm the receivers coach um, as well as the quarterbacks. And, you know, if we can develop that position, we'll continue to develop our passing game, long story short. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I get it. Now, like, you played quarterback. You've coached quarterbacks. 
um, both, and then you've worked with them in college and in high school. Um, the first thing I want you to address, because I, I think that you know as well, dude, there's a misnomer. There, there's that old, oh, they run the wing T, you need to transfer. Yeah. And yeah. it's a terrible mindset um, because you can still be successful and throw for good yardage. Yeah. Um, and you can still be found. Like, I mean, what's his face? Um, that's the at the New England Patriots that was played at Alabama. He, he threw like four passes a game in high school. Like, I mean, so yeah. you can't be found. But do you want to talk about that real quick? Like, yeah, I want, I'd love to talk about that, man. I would love to talk about that. Um, you know, to me, the first thing, just kind of being behind the scenes in a recruiting department at the, the, at the full scholarship level is, you know, I don't really care what your tape looks like or what kind of, kind of offense you're in. If you don't come to that school's campus, I'm talking about the majority of cases here. I know that there's outliers. But if you're if you can't go to camp, the one day camp and absolutely put on a show in front of those coaches running the concepts that they tell you to run, doing the drops that they tell you to run, um, regardless of whatever your home high school offense is, then to me. You're not even going to get started in a recruiting process with that school. So, you know, I would say first, you know, offers are earned for quarterbacks in my eyes, at camp, um, the majority of the time. And you're exactly right. You know, I'm talking about Mac Jones. You know, I played at Georgetown College, which we had a ton of guys from Ohio. So, you know, your audience from Ohio is going to know about Georgetown College football. And mm -hmm. in my time there, I played with some tremendous quarterbacks, guys that I yeah. was behind on the depth chart. You know, guys older than me, younger than me. Um, and, you know, one of them, I'll never forget, he was a mentor of mine. His name was Ozzie Mann. And he's from Indiana. St he started, like, double-digit games at Ball State. You know, 6'4", 220, you know, 47540, just absolute rocket of an arm. And he played in the wing tee in high school. Yeah. And I can remember him showing me his high school tape, and I was just – and it kind of clicked, clicked with me then, like, Man, this guy's a dude. This guy's a true spread quarterback. Like he, you know, he's got a high football IQ. You know, he's got all the the makings of a guy that would play in a spread or a pro style offense. And then, you know, here he here he comes. He, he was in the wing tee. You know, so to me, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's hard to tell a kid that if he was throwing the ball forty times a game, it wouldn't increase his chances to be recruited. But I just really don't think it would, um, at least from a substantial percentage. You know, you got to be able to throw it in front of the college coaches. Yeah, that, that would be my first thought with with that. And you know, there's there's also a certain degree to it, Nick. That you know, I, I'm going to sacrifice for the team. Mm -hmm. And even myself as a player, I, I don't think I ever totally grasped that you know, as much as my dad would have wanted me to. And my younger brother who played quarterback here, I'm not sure he ever grasped it. But, you know, I think our quarterback now has a pretty good grasp on it. He's a second-year starter. Uh, you know, he'll be in the 11th grade next year. And it's just an offense, man, where we're looking for a guy who's selfless. We're looking for a guy who's going to get the ball where it needs to go, going to command the huddle and not turn the ball off. And if you just pour into that role, if you're Division One, you'll be Division One. 
you know, we got our quarterback right now. He's he works with a, a company called QB Vision, and typically I'm not a fan of third party trainers, but I, I do like QB Vision in a sense of they're getting him camp ready. You know, he's doing the off-platform throws. He's doing the spread concepts. You know, so hopefully going into his junior year of camps, which in my opinion is probably the biggest summer of your high school camps, if you know, or maybe the next summer, just depending on how your your process goes. But, you know, he's going he's going to go in with a chance now. I love where he's at with the win. <laughs> You know, his, his footwork is – it's not perfect, but it's very good. His timing and discipline and progressions are all, are all very good. And now he's adding this tool to his toolkit that he'll use at the next level. Um, and he's doing it through a, a quarterback trainer that I vetted, that I trust. I know they're not going to change his motion. You know, we talked about his motion. I know they're not going to wholesale change, you know, the quarterback that he currently is. So, I don't know, man. It's a unique situation with quarterbacks. Um, for sure, to, to try to sell to a kid, hey, you know, we might throw it 17 times in one game, turn around the next week and throw it three, but we need you to have the same attitude and be just as excited from play to play. You know, it, it can be hard to sell that, but at the end of the day, you know, we got a team first mentality around here um, that, you know, for the most part is entirely set in in our program. And, you know, if you don't like, you know, I hate to, I hate to be cynical, but you know, there's also that mantra too of, hey, you know, we got some, we got other guys too, you know, that are that are that are willing to sacrifice for the team, you know, if you're not, and but you know, like I said, our quarterback does a really really good job of being selfless. He's a selfless leader. He, you know, he's not a he's not a, a stat counter. Um, he just does his job when we ask him to do it, and. I expect that job to continue to grow as he grows. You know, he threw more. He threw for, you know, over a thousand yards in the 10th grade versus, I, I can't remember, somewhere in the six or 700 range in the ninth grade. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Josh Davis, uh, 2016, 2017 quarterback here, left handed kid, really talented. He threw for like 1,600 yards one year. So that's kind of like the most we've ever had. So, you know, it's hard because, you know, you want them to have good stats and that sort of thing. But, man, you just got to put the team first. And that that's a position where if you can't do that, you're not going to succeed. No, I get it. Like, I just I, I hate that misnomer. And, and for somebody who's actually experienced it and then played and then went to college, I think that's good. Yeah. To talk about it. And, and it helps coaches be able to make that argument back more and be more informed. Um, but, like, continuing on, on that hill of developing quarterbacks how do you I mean whether it be practice or just in general how do you develop your quarterbacks like obviously um you talked about in your clinic a, a little bit but you I mean your past games evolved a little bit and there's some things you've brought on or or in that you're trying to do how yeah. do you develop your quarterbacks in your system and has it changed any how you develop them compared to how you were taught in high school um I'll tell you what the way I develop them is a very very similar version of a man put me in a high school gym when I was in the fifth grade and he put me on a midline. You know, he put me on a midline and, and I started reversing off the midline six inches and I started bird dogging, you know, one step by a whistle. So I, I really, we take it really, really slow, man. 
uh, would be my first thought on how we develop quarterbacks. You know, we're going to get you under center. We're going to teach you how to take a snap. And then we're going to teach you the belly steps. <coughs> and I'm not really going to move on or, you know, I might move on to like a one step or a three step, but until you get those belly steps down and you're comfortable on that midline reversing out, um, then, like I said, well, we're going to perfect that first. And then we're going to master an under center one step and three step drop with no wasted movement, no false steps, no patter steps. We're going to get our feet in the ground and we're going to get away from the line of scrimmage and we're going to be ready to throw. So uh, I go belly steps, one step, three step, we're going to master it. And then, of course, you know, th those are some things that I do with scheme. You know, if I'm taking a quarterback from ground zero in the offseason, we're going to uh, do mechanical throwing off of one knee and off of our butts to start. I got some really good stuff. It's a combination of stuff that I got from Bishop Dullahan, um, which is a camp in Indiana. Have you ever heard of it? I have not, to be honest. Dude, if there's anybody out there listening to this and, and you got a, a middle school kid or a ninth grade kid that just needs to learn how to play football, he's you know, he just needs to learn the basic fundamentals. Bishop Dullahan is the best camp around. Um, if you, they host him at colleges in Indiana and you go stay for two or three nights. And then, you know, it's just it's a really solid camp. So I use that, I use some of that stuff. And then David Buchanan um, is, a, is a marquee name here in central Kentucky. He was a head coach for a long time at Mason County and Montgomery County High School. He's out, he's in the third party sector now doing quarterback training. Um, so we, I, I'll take, I'm a, I guess, employee of his, you know, I'll help him. Uh, I'm an instructor at some of his camps. So, you know, we'll send our quarterbacks there. Um, in the winter, you know, if they're interested in, in doing something like that. Uh, but really just ground up mechanics, man. You know, there's so many ways to teach arm angles nowadays. You know, and David, and, and he's asked, we've talked about this a lot, man. He's your old school, perfect L. I'm going to keep my elbow above my shoulder, my entire motion, right? I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to follow through with my back with my back uh, foot, you know, he about had a stroke the other day. He texted me. He's getting all these videos. You watch these quarterbacks now. They don't step through. Mm -hmm. You seen it? Oh, yeah, no. Just, they, they, they fire their hips, and they just keep their back foot in the ground. And, it's you know, it's, they call it off-platform throws. Like, the, this is like the new age QB training stuff. So, I have had some struggles trying to figure out, okay, where do we meet with all this new school stuff on Twitter and Instagram? And – what I know is Bishop Dullahan and David Buchanan, you know, just old school fundamental passing. Where do we meet in the middle? And I meet you in the middle with, I don't really care if you have a low arm slot. I don't really care if you have a high arm slot. What I care about is your shoulder, your elbow being even with your shoulder when you come through. So if you're going to drop it out the bottom, that's fine. If you're going to go straight behind your ear, like do what feels comfortable as long as you're coming, as long as you're following through with your elbow at your shoulder and your feet are underneath you and you have some type of hip fire. Because if you have those two things, then, you know, I, I tell a lot of guys, 
when your mechanics are in line, velocity equals accuracy. You know, velocity, some people talk about, you know, take some, take some off of it, make sure you put it where you – no, you got you to rip the ball. You know, you got to rip the ball with great mechanics to be accurate. So that that's kind of some, some of the um, initial teaching points that I start with with quarterbacks. Okay. Uh, two questions left, Coach. Um, first one I'm going to ask you is, is I, I mean, obviously, again, going back, I mean, you brought a lot from your college experience. How has your college experience affected how you deal with stuff in the offseason in terms of self – because you mentioned a little bit already, self-scouting, evaluating what you're doing going into next year. Obviously, um, your dad probably has a very set way of doing things in terms of how he's handled his offseason for the past yeah. plus years. Yeah. But how have you, what have you brought or what do you do on your own to self-scout what you guys are doing and to kind of prepare for the next season? Um, we did – we did an overarching self-scout of our offense where, you know, I just went through and I tagged our plays and we cut all of our concepts into playlists. Um, so we watched the individual run and pass concepts and saw what we liked and didn't like. And, and then we, we watched some first and 10 stuff and, you know, we're just, we're going to be who we are to a degree. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, so we're not going to get, really in deep with you know what are we doing on, on second and medium versus second and short versus second and long you know because he's been calling plays for a long time and I got a pretty good feel of when he's going to want to throw and so you know we don't get as in-depth as, as I would have in college um, but from a personal standpoint what I what I've done is I've taken our top run concepts I've ta- I've matched those with the play action passes that go with them and I've just kind of taken down some notes on, okay, where are we missing? You know, why are we getting sacked when we run belly sweep to the left and we're not getting sacked when we run belly sweep pass to the right? You know, those sort of things. So I've, I've taken it concept by concept and tried to marry um, our passing concepts with our run concepts and then try and, you know, you always, if you see something you like, you know, on – Twitter or, you know, at a clinic, you try and think, okay, do I like that because it looked pretty or do I like that because it could actually fit into something that we do? So I've been trying to, you know, take a look at those things. And then what I've been into a lot is, is our ninth grade offense for our upcoming season. Like I've kind of talked to you a little bit before. That's, that's like my baby. Um, You know, I kind of, I've said, if, if it'll work on a Saturday morning, the head man's more, he's more likely to look at it on a, to run it on a Friday night. So, you know, I've, I've really narrowed in what we're going to do from a ninth grade point of view, um, which is not going to be a lot. You know, we're going to go straight at people and then try and cut them open under the top with, and then have some quarterback run stuff. But um, that's really what we've done, man. It's just look at our different concepts and, and figured out what we like, what we like pass wise, because there, there probably became a point with us, um, third round of the playoffs, I think we had a, we had just a tick too much in. We had a tick too much. You know, we just didn't get to all of it. And it all looked really good. It was all really sound. Um, but we just didn't run it. So we, we, we had a conversation at the end of December. We said, hey, you know, you got great ideas. Coach Hall has great ideas. Coach Fee has great ideas. But, you know, we got to cut back about 25%. 
because we're spending time teaching this stuff and not calling it on Fridays. You know, is it really good? Yes, but we we got to practice the stuff that we're going to call. So I think it's kind of twofold. You know, we got to, you know, if, my dad will admit this, man. You know, it, he's been here a long time. He's called plays certain ways a long time. And it's taken him some time to pull the trigger on some of this stuff. Um, but for the most part, it's been successful when he has. And, and we're just going to continue to look at it. And we're not going to try and change too much. But we're also not going to stay stagnant and just, you know, run things the exact same way we ran them in 2010 all the time. Yeah. No, perfect, Coach. And, and then my last question to you is because I always, I always want to get this perspective of people who are coaches' sons because I, I said this on, when we talked during your clinic. Um, I, I think if you just look at it, and it's not true for every coach's son, but just or, or coach's child in general. I think are are more apt to the sport if their parents coach that sport. Um, they tend to be very successful. They're pretty, tend to be more knowledgeable of the sport. Um, and it's, I mean, like you can point to all the famous people you want, Lane Kiffin. I mean, you can go down the list of people who are really smart and are very successful. Um, but how how do you think um, that being a coach's son, being I mean involved in football since you were born essentially as your dad's been coaching how has that helped you not only as a player but as a coach and what kind of you taken from that man <laughs> to me it just kind of it, it just set some things in stone that have always been second nature to me you know there's like a short time in college where I thought I was like going to be a, a a law enforcement officer and you know that lasted about six miles you know, before before then, I was going to go to the NFL, and then I realized I was going to be an NAI player. So then I thought about doing something different, and um, you know, very quickly I realized I wanted to be a football coach, and it was not something that I ever had to think about at all. You know, I just to me, you know, I love the wind. Yes, I love the the all the intricacies behind the game, the preparation. <laughs> defense inside run three or four times throughout the week you know I just love that sort of stuff but I also love being with these kids man and that's why you know this stint that I'm having at Scott County right now whether whether I never leave here or whether I'm gone you know next year you know this this time right now is so important to me because I'm looking at myself and some of my best friends 10 years ago in the face you know, these kids that I'm, that I'm coaching, I, I know some of their parents or I know their brothers and sisters, you know, they're Georgetown kids and they're Scott County kids. And, you know, you know what the layout was like here, man. Mm -hmm. It was one school forever. Um, so Scott County versus Great Cross. There's more great crossing people in this town than there is Scott County. And that's just the way the enrollment works. So it's just very important to me to pour into these kids that are the face of the program. You know, they're telling history right now. They're telling their story. You know, they're telling their story. And if I can do anything to help one of them, you know, shine on Friday <laughs> nights, shine on Monday nights, or have a chance to play at the next level, uh, you know, I'm just jumping at the bit to be able to do that. Um, so I'm very thankful to be where I am, man. I got a lot of pride in this program. 
you know, we had a big year last year, but we're not satisfied. Um, I think you can you can probably hear it in my voice, man. The tone of my voice answers your question maybe more than actually what I said. You know, I just I love this place, man. Uh, we got to get back to Kroger Field. You know, that's what, that's where Kentucky plays. That's where the state championships are. It's all eyes on Kroger Field, and hopefully we can continue to, you know, impact these young men's lives along the way. Perfect, Coach. Well, Coach's egg, give him a follow. Um, his Twitter will be in the bio. Uh, give Coach a follow there. Uh, remember, if you've not checked out his clinic on evolving the wing tee passing game, um, that is in the, the link is in the bio, or you can just search his name and my name together, and it'll probably pop up. Um, like, share, subscribe, all that lovely jazz. And then check out our sponsor, Coach Pad. Um, otherwise, that was another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast.